1: what's up guys welcome into the denver sports podcast i'm harrison wind we are presented by breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnvr if you don't know where to get breck brew check out the breck brew beer locator on their website just type in your zip code tells you exactly where to get breckenridge brewery also if you're local stop into the dnvr bar right below me here right below this podcast studio the dnvr bar we got tons of of Breck Brew on tap, Avalanche Amber Juice Drop IPA, Good Company Hard Seltzers, whatever you want, we got it here at the DNVR Bar. Got a really awesome interview today on the Denver Sports Podcast, which I'll get to in a minute with Jeff Morton. If you don't know Jeff, he has been covering the Nuggets for maybe longer than anybody. He covered the Nuggets during their Carmelo Anthony era, during melodrama when Carmelo got traded to the Knicks way back when and had a great chat with him. like 30, 40 minutes, which I'll play for you in a second. But we got into a lot of stuff around Carmelo Anthony. Jeff walked me through the entire lead up to Carmelo Anthony's trade. Uh, We talked about why Carmelo actually wanted to leave Denver. We talked about how much his wife lala maybe influenced or maybe didn't influence his move to new york and we also talked about if there's ever going to be a reunion between carmel anthony and the nuggets if the nuggets will retire his jersey et cetera. Et cetera. so we'll get to that interview in a moment but i want to start off today's show with an opening rant about michael malone Because if you didn't see, Michael Malone got an extension with the Denver Nuggets earlier this week, an extension that reportedly made him one of the highest-paid coaches in the NBA. And that extension is well-deserved. And I'll explain why. Um, But I'll start by saying I have no idea why anybody would ever want to be a head coach in the NBA. It honestly sounds like one of the worst jobs in the world sometimes you get paid well but I don't know if there's a more stressful job than being an NBA coach you're always working you rarely get credit for your team's success and you're always the first one to get blamed when your team underperforms you're the easiest guy to get rid of it's a lot easier to get rid of an NBA head coach than it is a star player Uh, but I do know that Michael Malone was always meant to be a head coach He's the son of a legendary NBA coach, Brendan Malone. He lives and breathes the game. If there's anybody that was going to be an NBA coach, it was Michael Malone. And I want to go back in time and just talk about his tenor with the Denver Nuggets. Um, because if you go back to the beginning of the Jokic era when Michael Malone was hired, Michael Malone and Nicole Jokic, both their first years were the same year, 2015-2016. Michael Malone was not the most popular hire in town. He was not. To be honest, there weren't a lot of people covering the Nuggets back then, not a lot of big voices to actually give their opinion, but people in Denver, from at least what I remember, wanted Mike D'Antoni to be the coach of the Nuggets. But Denver hired Michael Malone. It obviously was the right decision. In Michael Malone's first press conference, the very first thing he said, was, I know once we open it up for questions, we're all going to talk about pace and how I'm a guy that wants to walk the ball up the floor. I have coached 106 games as an NBA head coach. Don't paint me and don't put me in a hole by saying this is who you are. Michael Mullen has always been very aware of the perception around him and what people are saying about him. And I always thought that was so interesting when in his first press conference ever, the first thing he said was, don't say, I'm going to play at a slow pace, because he knew the narrative coming in. He knew the narrative was Brian Shaw played at a really slow pace, who took over for George Carl, who played at a really fast pace, and Brian Shaw, one reason people thought his teams sucked was because of the slow pace he played at. Michael Mullen was very aware of that, but he came in and said that don't pay me into that corner. I'm gonna play to the strengths of my roster. And that's exactly what Michael Malone has done since then. He's played to the strengths of his roster. He's played to his personnel. And the Nuggets have actually been one of the slower-paced teams in the NBA throughout the entire Michael Malone and Jokic era. And you gotta give Mike Malone credit for a lot of things. You gotta give him credit for originally centering the Nuggets offense around Nikola Jokic. Looking back on it, yeah, we can say it was an obvious thing to do. But think about it if you're in his shoes. Mike Mullen got fired in Sacramento. He's still a pretty young head coach, but he's coming into Denver. It's his second job. He's got to be thinking, like, I got to make this work, or I don't know if I'm getting another shot. So he centers – his entire offense, his entire team at the beginning of his second season around an unorthodox second-round pick from Serbia who a lot of people believed in, but nobody thought he'd be a franchise cornerstone even then. That had to be hard for Michael Mullen to do in that position. You also got to give him credit for the connection he's built with his star players, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Few coaches that I've seen in the NBA go to bat for their star players like Michael Malone does. Michael Malone has always had Jamal Murray's back. I remember when Jamal Murray in his first playoff appearance in his first playoff series against the San Antonio Spurs was awful in game 1 and then was really bad in the first 3 quarters of game 2. Denver almost went down 0-2 in that series. Who knows, that could have been the end of the Jokic era right then. But Mike Malone stuck with Jamal Murray. He had his back. He trusted him to come through. He believed in him. And then, of course, Jamal Murray led that game to come back in the 2019 playoffs. Nuggets won that series in seven games. I know how much trust Mike Malone's had in Jamal Murray. has. That's been something Jamal Murray really appreciates. With Nikola Jokic, Mike Malone went to Serbia multiple times to bond with him, to build that relationship with him. Those visits I really feel were instrumental in building the bond and the trust and the relationship that Mike Malone has with Nikola Jokic. And he's done similar things with other guys on the Nuggets roster as well. Finally, you've got to give Mike Malone a lot of credit for just the culture that the Nuggets have built. Look, of course... Culture in the NBA is determined by your, star, by your star player. The best player on every team usually sets the culture for that organization. Nikola Jokic deserves most of the credit for setting the Nuggets culture here in Denver. But Michael Malone deserves a lot as well. And I think it goes back to his attention to detail, his preparation, his maniacal work ethic, Players always remark about how prepared Michael Malone is for every single game. They always speak really highly of how prepared he gets the entire team for a regular season game on a Tuesday night in November, a game that a lot of people would gloss over. He prepares for every game like it's a playoff game. And I really do think how dedicated he is to that part of his craft has helped set the dedicated culture that's really helped the Nuggets throughout the Jokic era. So Michael Malone, man, he is going to be the Nuggets' greatest coach of all time. I think early next season he's gonna pass Doug Mo and wins. Uh, he's gonna pass like Doug Moe and George Carl in total wins, regular season and playoffs, potentially later this season if the Nuggets make another deep run in the postseason. Um, But, like I said, he's going to be the Nuggets' best coach of all time when it's all said and done. This contract extension pretty much affirmed that. And Michael Malone reportedly will be paid like one of the highest paid coaches in the NBA, and I think that's well-deserved. So that was the opening rant for today. We'll get to Jeff Morton on Carmel Anthony in one second. First of all, I wanna tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. They got some great uh, odds boosts. They got some great bets to make for the NBA right now because in the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for just betting $5 on basketball. Win or lose, you get an instant dub. Nuggets are playing the Pelicans tonight in New Orleans in-season tournament game. Throw down five bucks on that, you get hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR. New customers can get one hundred and fifty dollars instantly in bonus bets for betting just five dollars on basketball only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler in New York. Call eight seven seven eight Hope and or Text Hope and Y to four six seven three six nine in West Virginia. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And state-specific responsible gambling resources, eligibility, and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 100% in 68 hours after assurance terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for this week's DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. Nuggets are in New Orleans tonight against the Pelicans. I'm a little nervous about this game, Kale. I don't know about you. Friday night in New Orleans, in-season tournament, the Nuggets are all the way up to minus five and a half. Take it. In-season Games. They've been taking these seriously. Jokic just playing
0: 40 minutes tonight. We're good.
1: This sneaky part is the Nuggets kind of need this game for the in-season tournament because the Pelicans, I think, are going to have a better point differential in the group. I will take the Nuggets minus five and a half. DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Uh, also, Game Time. If you need tickets to concert shows, sporting events, check out the Game Time app. Uh, Nuggets games broncos games Avs games game time app is your go-to they have these great last minute price drops you can download the game time app create an account use code dnvr for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply but again create an account uh, on the game time app use the code dnvr you get twenty dollars off your first purchase vikings broncos for the game time game of the week $144 Hundred forty four bucks is the cheapest ticket. You can get that on the Game Time app right now. All right, back here on the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breck Brew. Let's talk. Let's talk Carmelo Anthony with Jeff Morton. Uh, Jeff, if you don't know, has covered the Nuggets forever. He covered the team during the Mellow years when Mellow requested his trade when he asked out of Denver. We got tons of great behind-the-scenes stories from Jeff. Check out this interview. All right, joining me now on the Denver Sports Podcast, Nuggets media legend, Nuggets historian... Jeff Morton, thanks for I, coming on, man. I
0: wore the glasses for the historian look today. It's a good do, look, except for the "Do You Read Sutter Kane?" Uh, shirt, which no I, one, no one here. I don't this understand will get. that yeah.
1: shirt. No. <laughs> do you want to explain it? Or? It's a movie, okay?
0: Movie reference. Uh, it's uh, it's not. It'll make me look worse <laughs> if I explain this, so we're not going to do it.
1: Anyways, <laughs> if you guys don't know Jeff, Jeff covered the Nuggets during the Carmelo Anthony years. Yep and still writes I saw you writing on Denver Stiffs again about the team now. Yeah. So, he's been covering the Nuggets forever and I had to have Mon because I want to talk about Carmelo Anthony. Right. And um Jeff lived and breathed the entire mellow saga when he requested a trade, mm-hmm. got traded, and uh all the aftermath that came with it. So, very excited to have you here, Jeff.
0: Well, thank you for having me. I, I I don't get to talk about uh, that era of Nuggets as much as I have post like 2013. Yeah, it's it's amazing how it, it different it is now, and it's which is which different. is actually goes without saying because you know we've, we've got a championship here now, so mm-hmm. no one really thinks about it. But it's a fascinating time to talk about. Yeah, um, but I wanted
1: to talk about it because every couple of months it seems like Carmel Anthony surfaces on uh, Nuggets Twitter. All right. He he comes to top of mind of Nuggets fans. I think this time it's because he was at a Knicks game and got recognized and a bunch of actually it was our producer Kale who quote tweeted the tweet and said, yeah, we don't want to retire your jersey. So I'm actually blaming Kale for this this latest one. (laughs) Uh, But every couple of months this happens, Carmelo gets brought up. We talk about if we should retire his jersey. We talk about his legacy with the Nuggets and I don't know if you've seen, Carmelo's on a PR tour right now. He's starting his own podcast. He was on the Hot One show. He was at a Ravens game mm-hmm. last night. Anyways. <laughs> he's, uh, hitting,
0: he's hitting his uh, gr- uh, places where I grew up spots. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, so I wanted to have Jeff on to talk about Melo. Um, I want to go back to start to kind of the days leading up to the Carmelo trade request. Okay. Um, The Nuggets, that summer, they were coming off a first-round playoff loss to the Jazz. Uh, That was the Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, Paul Millsap-led Jazz. Yes, They beat the Nuggets in six games. If you remember, George Carl battling throat cancer, stepped away from the team. Adrian Dantley took over. Things kind of fell off the rails after that. What do you just remember about that time in... Nuggets history, like those couple months after the season ended,
0: the interesting the interesting thing about that era was the the Mello's dissatisfaction actually began prior to that, probably at the trade deadline that year. Um, the Nuggets, uh, Mello had a firm belief that the that that the Nuggets needed to have a big to counter the Bynum Gasol thing, mm-hmm. which is what stemmed from the 2009 Western Conference finals. Right. And what that did was it, it, it put in this tension between Mello thinking that he needed to have the same power that LeBron did in Cleveland with like dictating personnel and all that stuff and the Nuggets belief that they had what it took to have a George Carl coach team be a contending team. The year started off tremendously. It was the Nuggets had, I think, the best one of the best records uh, in their franchise history going into the All Star break, and it was right at that time George announced that he had cancer. Mm-hmm. It was like I think a, a week after the All Star break, after he coached the All Star team. Yeah, and what happened was they had Adrian Dantley come in intermittently because George was actually still coaching after he announced that he had uh, the cancer. So he would do the chemo, come, come coach, and then do all that. Long story short, he had Adrian Dantley and none of the players respected Adrian Dantley. It was very clear. And there were some incidents during the playoffs that, uh, people know about now with Chauncey refusing to come out of a game. Mm-hmm. He was going to sub in uh, Ty Lawson. All this stuff. Things went dramatically downhill. So starting at the All Star, uh, the trade deadline, and then going into the end of the year, I think a lot of circumstances combined to where Mello started looking another direction, mm-hmm. and that off season. Really kicked off with a Mark Kizla column. Mark Kisla, friend of the show. Yes. Not really, but kind of. Kis Kiz had a and if you're watching this, hello, Mark. Uh he had a column from basically it was from the Nuggets saying like if this extension that we extended to you, which was three years, $65 million. Three years sixty five million. Which yes. seems quaint now, doesn't it? With yeah, that. That's like
1: um <laughs> that's like Vlaco Chanchar money in a couple of years. It is. They
0: extended him this, Mello refused to sign it, And this set up in motion the events that became known as, uh, I forget who coined the flat phrase, the Melodrama. And uh, it was the Mark Kisla talking about how m- the Nuggets will not be matumboed. basically. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have what happened to us in 1996 happen again, even though Mello had a year left on his deal. And it went from there, and therefore... The events of the melodrama started, and I believe that was June or July of 2010. Mm-hmm. And that's when the wedding happened, right? Yes, it was uh, shortly after that the wedding happened.
1: Carmel Anthony, that summer, marries Lala, his longtime girlfriend Lala in New York City. Yep, And, of course, at that wedding, it's now widely known that Chris Paul made a toast, Yes, and his toast... Was talking about how he, Carmel Anthony, and I guess it would have been Amari Mari We're yes. all going to team up in New York and form this big three. Yes. Josh
0: Kronky was at that wedding, right? Josh and Stan. And Stan. <laughs> Josh and Stan were at this wedding, and I think you know they, they they both would deny it. I haven't talked to Josh about this, but they both would deny that. But I think I think that obviously, and it would with me rub them the long way um now that didn't come from mellow but it came from one of his best friends yes and that obviously was going to set in some bad vibes now all while all this is going on Harrison the Nuggets like were in management flux right because Mark
1: Warkentine was done with the team the Nuggets Masai Ujiri yeah. was coming in. The, yep. the
0: Nuggets did not renew the contracts of Rex Chapman and Mark Warkin team. Work later said the Nuggets offered him an extremely low ball offer. Uh, so there's co- disputing reports on that. But mm-hmm. uh, I did know Wark a little at that time. Interesting guy. Um, the thing you got to know about Stan (laughs) Croggy. Is that That his voice? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously there was a a little of that going on. But, um, and then Stan, in order to buy the St. Louis Rams, had to give up operational control of Denver Nuggets. This was all happening at the same time. All of this was happening at the same time. So work and Chapman are gone. Brett Barup is basically, who is part of this, front office structure of a three-headed monster. He was basically neutralized, um, and Josh comes in. He gets control, I think, in July, and they have to quickly get a general manager, so they bring in Masai Ujiri, who at that time had worked in the Toronto organization, but, but prior to that had worked for the Nuggets as their lead international scout. Player. Yes, yes. So... They bring him in, and he's brand new. And then they have a fateful meeting with Josh Kroenke, like immediately after Masai gets gets hired. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a ton going on that
1: summer. I mean, you had you were coming off a turbulent season, another first round playoff loss. You're you're shifting uh, general managers. The roster is a little in flux, which I also want to get to. And then I, I was reading this Woj article from August 2010. Woj was with Yahoo Sports. You got to go back and, and find this article <laughs> if you're watching this or listening to this and want to read it. August 2010, Woj writes, Mello tells Josh Kroenke that he wants to be traded. I, I think this was like one of Josh's first days on the job whenever Mello gave him the official trade request. You took over the team like you just said. Woj writes that the leading contenders for Carmelo Anthony, the Nets and the Clippers, also some dark horse contenders, the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Charlotte Bobcats. The Charlotte Bobcats only thrown in there because of Melo's Jordan deal. Michael yeah. Jordan, the owner, of, like somehow that was going to get Melo to Charlotte. Okay. Right. <laughs> Woj wrote that the Knicks, quote, aren't considered a strong contender in the eyes of Denver management. (laughs) From from your recollection, was it always the Knicks or the Nets?
0: It was always the Knicks. It was always the Knicks. uh, People need to understand this. There's this video that in my last article that I wrote on Denver Stiffs uh, came out last week. I, I included this video. If anyone remembers this, during that year, the ten, ten, the really tense melodrama year, the 10-11 season, there was an erroneous report based on I don't know what it was based on, maybe some rumors. And this was one of the worst days I ever had at, at Denver Stiffs covering at this time. And the rumor came through that mellow had been traded to the the Nets. Which, so, which so was this wrong.
1: was a report from Channel Seven. Channel Seven. This was on December fifteenth. I have this in my notes. Channel Seven reported the Nuggets and the Nets have come to terms to trade Carmelo Anthony. The Nuggets had just
0: blown out the Orlando Magic at home, and there's there is this moment, and I talked to some people who were were there in the locker room at the time. Mello went like this, white. He was like, "I did." Not, not the nets <laughs> not the
1: new jersey nets new jersey they nets they were still in new time. jersey at the
0: time right and it was a it was a it was a false rumor it was never true so that told you all you needed to know about the way what mello thought about potentially going to the new jersey nets it was always always the new york knicks always that mm-hmm. is exactly where he wanted to go and he left it to the nuggets to make it happen another side note to this is that mello d- Fully expected to be traded before the season started. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, that contributed to the issues during the year is that, uh, uh, to his credit, Masai Ujiri wanted to get as much as he possibly could, and he was using the New Jersey Nets against the New York Knicks and played them perfectly. Look, and if you're mellow going back to that
1: time, In Melo's team, I mean, he was backed by CAA at the time. Leon Rose, probably the most powerful agent or one of the most powerful agents in the game. GM of the
0: uh, the, Knicks. Now GM of the
1: Knicks. (laughs) He had worldwide Wes in -hmm. his corner, too. I think he might have actually been the one to to tell Josh Kroenke. It was Wes, yeah. Yeah. Um, But if you're looking at it from Melo's perspective, he's like, all right, I got this incoming first-year GM who nobody knows inexperienced i got josh crog you just taking over the team i can probably
0: strong arm my way to the knicks before the season starts right and i i talked to i remember at the time most of the sources i had were saying it's it's the knicks the knicks the knicks don't believe anything else it's the knicks yeah the nuggets were trying to make it seem like the the nets were legit contenders and all this which the nets had to believe so there was extensive talks of this, and the Nets and the Knicks had to believe that in order to, especially, specifically James Dolan, mm-hmm. had to believe that this was the possibility. I, I said, to cre- All credit to Masai Ujiri for making this the absolute best that he possibly could out of the situation. As a brand new GM, um, Masai made his share of mistakes in Denver, but this was a masterstroke as far as I was concerned. He really played the leverage game better than I think anyone possibly could considering the circumstances.
1: He played it so well that on January 19th of that season, the Nets officially publicly pulled out of the deal. Prokhorov. Do you remember this? Mikhail Prokhorov, who was owning the Nets at the time, made a statement that they're out. And then do you, do you remember the George Carl quote No, on Prokhorov? He goes, George Carl, I think I've been one of the guys who have kind of been hinting to you that this is a lot farther away from happening than you all think it's going to be but we've got a fun game a hell of a team to play against tonight and i'm more excited about that than my billionaire friend from russia kind of throwing another curveball or knuckleball into the process
0: (laughs) that was january 19th you know the interesting thing about this is that at this time i don't know if it was in january or december um the nuggets used to have this annual event which they since moved to pepsi centers the gold crown uh stuff that they do, this ball, this gala that they do. Well, they we used to do fan things. And Andy Feinstein, uh, co- uh, the founder of Denver Stiffs... I just saw him the other day at the, at the game. Yes, he, he uh, and I went to this event that they had this place called The Big Game, which it's no longer there. Don't look for it. It, it went out of business like two weeks after we were there. <laughs> um, but it, it was this place downtown... And we saw a very tense situation there. Any fan who went to this event from the Nuggets saw a click of people. It was Carmelo, uh, Chauncey, uh, JR, all kind of in an enclave in a corner, not Mm -hmm. interacting with the fans or anything like that. George was around holding court like he usually did. Uh, Kenyon was mingling with the fans and playing poker and stuff like that. But it was that you could cut the tension with a knife. And that's how tense that entire season was until Mello was traded. It was just, it was, un, it was getting unbearable yeah. even by a December, January when we were there.
1: Well, he ended up playing 50 games. Yep. Like he played most of the season yeah. <laughs> with the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I mean, what was I from my recollection of it, he was still like playing hard. He played yeah. well. Like how how bought in was he or was did he just have one foot out the door the whole season? Uh
0: it, it, I equate this to Andre Iguodala playing hard in 2013. Um I think I think both of them gave their best effort despite their circumstances they were in. Mello did have some moments where he was checked out um yeah. and George would complain about the effort he was giving in practice and stuff like that. I'm sure that went over well. Yeah. But uh in fact I think I I wrote about it uh that, that, uh in December that year about uh, some one of George's complaints that he made to me and but he did overall play well. And I think he had a 40-point game, his last game in Denver. Really? He had 40 points uh, against Dallas Mavericks and fouled out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a swan song. Uh, then he finally gets traded on February 21st, 2011 right to the Knicks. Yep. Melodrama is over. If you look back on it, What's the central reason why you think Carmel Anthony wanted to get traded away from the Nuggets? There's it, probably a lot of
0: reasons, but what, what is the overarching reason in your opinion? He wanted to be back on the East Coast. Um, mm-hmm. But I think really a, there's, there, that's one, and one B would be that he says that Messiah came to him and said that the Nuggets wanted to go young. Yes. And Melo didn't want to be Todd Helton, essentially. He didn't want to have a rebuilding squad around him while he is the market draw for the team, as they stay competitive. I don't know whether his interpretation of Masai's comments was accurate or not, whether Masai, obviously they had a decision on Kenyon Martin, they had a decision on J.R. Smith, they had a decision on Chauncey Billups. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, He was also uh, very
1: upset about them getting rid of Dante Jones. He (laughs) he has said that publicly. (laughs) Yes,
0: which is interesting because Aaron Aflalo played really well that year. And that's who they gave uh, Dante up for. And Melo was playing at an MVP clip at the beginning of the season. And uh, that arguably was a better team than 2009-10. Nuggets team was arguably better the one ten eleven was not. That's the one that had Sheldon Williams and mm-hmm. uh, Al Harrington mm-hmm. uh, on the squad. Uh, but I think Mello's perception wasn't necessarily what Masai was thinking. But yeah. whatever was communicated to him, Melo took to heart. Yeah, and
1: everything he said publicly about the trade has been like, I wanted to leave because I didn't want to be in a rebuilding situation. Yeah, like he. He publicly has, has doubled out on those comments that the Nuggets were definitely going to rebuild, which they didn't really end up doing anyway. I mean, the haul they got from the trade was good enough to still contend. Stan Kroenke
0: has approved a rebuild, full teardown, once. Mm-hmm. 2002, 2003, when they won 17 games. Yeah. In the entire 23 years, he's owned this, owned this team. It's happened once. Yeah. So there was I don't think there would there was any way that Stan was going to say, let's do a full teardown. He just is, doesn't operate that way. How big of a factor was Carmel
1: Anthony's wife in him wanting to go to New York? I think
0: the perception of Lala has been overblown. I, I do think that it was a factor, but I don't think it was the factor to the extent that it was. Played up to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll put it to you that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she definitely tolerated Denver. I don't think she ever liked being out here. She's some from New York. And, and for that matter, Mello is an East Coast person. And sometimes the, 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 the vibing doesn't work. I, 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 I th- But I always thought that that was, based on everything I know, it was way overblown. I think, I think people needed a scapegoat for yeah. the situation. And I think, unfortunately, Lala bore the brunt of that. Mm-hmm. Um
1: one thing about Carmelo that grinds my gears a little bit is I remember when he became a Nick, and when he talks about the Knicks in New York and he's always like I'm from here, I grew up here, bro, you lived there until you were 8. <laughs> then you moved to Baltimore. <laughs> I just I just had to he did put that. that in
0: there. Did you read a recent interview with him? He did that again. And then I'm telling you, he does this all the time. And then he said he lived in New York till he was 12. No, he didn't. You, you <laughs> left when you were eight, and you grew up in Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, if I was from Baltimore, I would be kind of upset about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously, so many years have passed since the trade. Yeah. Carmel's had other stops. It certainly seems, though, that he identifies as a Nick.
0: Yeah.
1: He's always at Madison Square Garden. He's always at Nick Games. He has not been to a Nuggets game since. Uh, We like to talk about, you know, during the playoffs last year, we're like, man, it would be awesome if Carmel Anthony came to a game. I don't think he came because I think he was scared of being booed. And I think that's the reason he did. He has not come to a Nuggets game. Yeah. What's your read on why he has ingrained himself so much with New York and has not really tried to reconnect with
0: the Nuggets? I'm on an island here, and I think people are going to have to hear me out on this. As someone who covered the team and went through hell with all the ridiculous people from New York and New Jersey who invaded Denver Stiffs. I'm sure miserable. the traffic was off the charts. <laughs> oh, it, it, Denver Stiffs <laughs> never had any higher traffic. Yeah, And in fact, after Mello left, it cratered. And, and that's another factor that I'm going I'm to bring up here. Melo, single, uh, not single-handedly, but good eighty percent, his fame and his talent brought the Nuggets back from basically the dead. And my view is that he needs to be appreciated for what he was able to do in resurrecting a basically a, a dead franchise. Um, Melo identifies with New York because the Knicks accept him. Mm-hmm. can you say the, say the same thing about denver nuggets have the nuggets done anything anything have the nuggets even acknowledged the the western conference finals run in 2009 it is like when mellow was traded everything was uh, like 2003 to 2011 was erased mm-hmm. it no longer exists and it's weird and, and that's what actually got me thinking when i wrote my article about that that's what i'm like there's a massive gap in the Nuggets' appreciation for their history, which is, well, it's been an organizational thing with the Nuggets going back to the 80s. They've always had issues with this, but it's there is. I wish, I wish, and it's just a, speaking for me, I wish the Nuggets would have the wherewithal to be the bigger person here, and I don't think they have. Mello owes his part to it, and Mello has not acknowledged what has happened and its effect on the fans. Mm-hmm. But there is a massive gap in the appreciation of a Denver Nuggets franchise and you know me as someone who is uh, a a someone who appreciates the history of this Denver Nuggets team it bugs me it bugs me that this really pivotal part of the franchise is kind of not there anymore mm-hmm. and i it, i don't think it needs to be like that you
1: know? yeah i mean do you think that's at all because the nuggets now have the best player in franchise history and just won a championship and have, have had this new era over you know the last six, seven years that it ended a lot better than
0: that era did? Maybe, but I will say this. The Nuggets showed their angst with Carmelo Anthony by in 2012 when they gave number 15 to Anthony Randolph. I didn't think about that. Had nothing to do with no. Yo, people need to separate Jokic from this. This is the Nuggets versus Mellow and had its effect on the fans. Forget about retiring the number. I think that's a conversation for way, 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 way down the line. Well, I I'm gonna go, ask you about it. in like, yeah, ten, I'll, I'll, in I'll, like I'll, yeah. ten minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I preemptively destroyed Harrison's conversation by saying that. Um, I. I think this is more about the Nuggets at that point in time were like, screw you. And they gave his number to Anthony Randolph. Yeah. The the founder of the Anthony Randolph principle, which is if Anthony Randolph is your leading scorer, <laughs> your team lost. Okay? So literally, that is exactly what the Nuggets did in 2012. That shows you how bitter they still were at that point in time and and quite frankly it upsets me that it's kind of still remained the same since then as a uh, just it's great i'm not talking about the players or coaches or anything like that just an up up above that how it just kind of remains like that it's really upsetting yeah
1: i never thought about them giving 15 to anthony randolph <laughs> obviously i've thought about them giving 15 to Nikola jokic and you know the The talking point with that has always been, oh, they never thought Jokic was going to be, you know, this type of player, obviously, a Hall of Famer, uh, the best player in franchise history. So they never thought about having to retire it. But the fact that you bring up that they gave 15 to Anthony Randolph makes me think that the Nuggets may be decided when that happened, that they were never going to retire Carmelo Anthony's jersey.
0: That's that's if, if I was writing, I would say tap snows because that's it's that's 100%. At least in my view, I haven't talked to Nuggets about this. Probably never will. But when you do that, you give it to Anthony Randolph, who is not. I mean, God bless Anthony Randolph. He had uh, he had way more yeah. hype and like positive
1: buzz than Nicole Jokic did when yeah. They both got their respective number yeah. 15 jerseys.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, he was a player that they amnestied uh, uh, Birdman Anderson for. They, mm-hmm. they had they had to amnesty him in order to sign Anthony <laughs> Randolph. So,
1: <laughs> so I, I mean, I guess I know your answer to this. You don't think the Nuggets retire his jersey?
0: I just don't think it matters because I, I think people are hung up on it and everyone has their... Um, tribes when it comes to this sort of thing i'm on i'm of the view that the before any of that needs to be even considered the nuggets and Mellow need to have a deton because oh, there 100%. there has been nothing yeah nothing and it and it's like whose response... and now i mean like i know i mean i'm i'm, I'm going into podcast mode i'm mean, going to ask you a question but do, is there is there a point to where you think the Nuggets or or Melo will reach this? Because I, I'm, I it's been 13 years. There are people who are watching the Nuggets right now who never saw Carmelo Anthony as a Never Nuggets uniform. Yeah. Do I think there's a point
1: where they reach a reunion of sorts? Do you think sorts? they will? Um, yes. I actually do think eventually there will be... Um, and all of Branch extended by maybe the Nuggets. Maybe he initiates it. I don't think it will be in the short term.
0: Do you remember when he was in here uh, with the Blazers? And it was during the playoffs, and he got booed. Yeah. And I think people made fun of him for his reaction. I think Mello was genuinely surprised he was still being booed. After I agree after 13 years or at that point it was 10 years. And I think, I think at that point is when it started occurring to me that how long it had been that Mello has, was not part of the organization and how weird it was that even after 10 years, he was still being booed as if it was the first time he played, came in with the Knicks in 2013, you Mm -hmm. know? And, that, that is when it started dawning. I mean, it's like, what, what are we... I mean, I'm like, I can only speak for me, folks. I, 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 you know, come at me on, uh, on Twitter if you want to. But I, I just think that we've reached a point in time where it's become ridiculous. And, it, and something needs to happen because we can't just erase history. You know, right. we just can't do it. And I mean, to your point, you said it a couple minutes
1: ago. Carmelo Anthony did resurrect a franchise that had
0: nothing going for it. Can I, let, let me just tell people how bad the Nuggets were, in case you have no memory of this. They didn't make the playoffs for eight straight years. Um, they had two years where they won 11 games and 14 games. Uh, the year before Melo got there, they won 17. The year before that, they won 25. Um And it was a, just a, one of the worst franchises in professional sports. It was them uh, in the 90s. It was them and the Dallas Mavericks who were the worst. Mm-hmm. And Mello, along with some – he had some help. But Mello and his fame – I mean, I don't know if you remember how famous Carmelo Anthony was. He had just won the title with uh, Syracuse. Yeah. He and Jerry McNamara yep. had, uh, had, work. had just beat Kansas. In the, uh, in, the, in the championship game, mm-hmm. he was ridiculously famous. And, and people don't know how close the Nuggets came, well, maybe they do, to picking Darko Milicic. I think, think this should be burned in everyone's <laughs> brain. It could have been worse, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: Nuggets might not be here right now if right. they pick Darko. <laughs> they might not. <laughs> so, look, I, I think if the Nuggets do retire his jersey it's a long 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 way away because you would have to retire nicole Jokic's first and then i think you can really have a conversation um there is some precedent to teams retiring the same number twice the knicks did it with earl monroe and dick mcguire they both wore 15 funny enough yep the blazers retired terry porter and bob gross yep I don't. Bob, did, have you ever looked up Bob Gross' stats? I have not. They're not pretty. I don't know how he got his jersey retired. <laughs> Terry Porter was a good player, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, final kind of question for you, though like, where do you think Mellow and a potential Nuggets reunion, makeup, olive branch? goes in the next several years do you think that is a possibility do you think that could happen
0: the nuggets are going to have to set the conditions to where mellow won't get booed how would
1: they do that
0: they're going to have to make do do go really baby steps with this because as i said before the nuggets haven't helped themselves with this mellow thing they 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 kind of haven't put tamp down the fires and respected the the era he's been in. So it's like kind of about this festering wound. Mm -hmm. And I think the Nuggets are gonna have to like, start with the baby steps, extend an olive branch to to Mello, and maybe have some of the players talk about Mello and do all of the things that it would take to make the baby steps to where, and if and when Carmelo Anthony gets to a Denver Nuggets game, he won't be booed because yeah. at this point i don't think he does folks i understand we are upset that he asked for a, a trade out of here but the nuggets have won a championship the nuggets are now final champions which they will never with carmelo anthony i think we can probably finally appreciate the era and understand that this one is better i don't think it's an either, either or proposition mm-hmm. you know yeah and honestly it's going to take a while it, it, it's unfortunately it's going to take a while because this is like the nuggets have let this wound fester for almost 15 years do you have any more untold mellow stories um
1: that you can say publicly oh, man <laughs> um i mean I, i'm i mean i'm sure there's so much stuff that is just incredible uh like incredible moments incredible stories I, from from those <laughs> days and just all the drama around the team
0: The interesting thing about the end of the Mellow, and this is more of a general observation uh, because there's a lot of stories I just can't talk about. But in general, the last part of Carmelo's time in Denver was by far the best. And it wasn't necessarily the time Mello was putting up his most gaudy stats, right? Mm -hmm. Mellow's... best stats actually occurred up to about the first Iverson year mm-hmm. by the time Chauncey gets here he was scoring less but defending more and it was there was a trade-off but I think he played by far his best of his career in all-around basketball the last two years and then the last year I kind of throw away because of the situation yeah but 010 and 0809 was the best I ever saw Carmelo Anthony play and that is what Melo could have been in Denver, and I am disappointed that he earlier in his career he didn't go that direction, and it took Chauncey Billups being here in order to uh, make him that way. Now, some maybe that's an indictment on the way the Nuggets were constructing their teams at the time. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he needed more guys like Chauncey, Chauncey Billups on on the roster earlier in his career, but the last those two seasons, I that's how I think of Mellow. Like some of those playoff games. Uh, Mello was uh, in the, against the Lakers. The first two games that played against the Lakers in wine, the best I ever saw Carmelo Anthony play, Yeah, both defensively and offensively. He was a beast, actual beast. And then uh, a couple games later uh, in L.A., everyone collectively goes out and parties on the Denver Nuggets the night before, and they have no energy in the second half of Game 5, and it was downhill from there. But... They went out and partied before oh, yeah. Game Five. It was the old Matt Moore thing of LA
1: Night Nightlife is undefeated. <laughs> was that the inception of LA Nightlife being undefeated? I, well, fact probably, it probably is. <laughs> wow, um, Jeff, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely, I really appreciate yeah. the uh, the stories, the context around Carmelo Anthony. Uh, you guys can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff at J seventy eight. Colorado Sports Guys podcast you're riding on Denver Stiffs again yep anything else you want to plug I also
0: do a podcast called the Gen X show which that's I right. think I think uh D-line would appreciate if he was uh as old man as me but uh other than that it was uh, it uh, that's what I do so I just kind of have my hand in a whole bunch of media but no one wants to hear <laughs> about promote me you know like it's like I don't know. thanks for coming on Jeff
1: Thanks to Jeff for coming on some great insight and context on Carmel Anthony's final days in Denver. Got a couple super chats. Uh, Let's hit those before our final break on today's The Denver Sports Podcast. Our guy Clarity, they should retire this question. No, I'm good to retire this question. I want this to actually be the last time. Any Nuggets fan talks about Carmelo Anthony.
0: I won't bring it up again, I promise. I'm
1: blaming you, Kale. Yeah, you you heard blame the interview. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blaming Kale for this episode of the Denver Sports Podcast and the latest discourse around Carmelo Anthony. It's it's on you, Kale. Uh Gerardo mellow game winner against the Bulls. Look dead inside. I don't remember that one. I I mean, the the most iconic mellow game I remember is, of course, or I guess most iconic mellow moment is his game winner in the playoffs against Dallas. Um, I don't remember the Bulls one off the top of my head, though. I don't. Uh, Let's hit a quick break. Got some final thoughts on the other side as we wrap up on the Denver Sports Podcast today. Guys, go to thednvr.com to become a DNVR diehard. Become a DNVR member, man. You get so many perks from being a DNVR diehard. You get a free T-shirt at every sign-up, designed by D-Line. You get one every year as well. 20% off all merch, always. Exclusive savings on all events. You get access to the Die Hard-only Discord channel. It's just smart sports talk all day every day in the DNVR Discord channel. You also get 15% off your tab at the DNVR bar. Exclusive merch, you get a physical Die Hard card as well. So many awesome perks. You get access to the DNVR Daybreak, the newsletter that I write here. You also get access to tons of content behind the paywall on thednvr.com. We do two Nuggets roundtables a week, me, Adam Mars, and Brendan Vote on thednvr.com. Only diehards get to read those. So uh, become a DNVR diehard member, seven bucks a month, go to thednvr.com. Also, make sure to check out FOCO. FOCO is the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. A lot of our set decorations, bobbleheads, they came from FOCO. They are officially licensed, so legit, legit stuff. FOCO, F-O-C-O, they always have our back for Colorado sports and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR for 10% off. Also want to shout out Breckenridge Brewery, the presenting sponsor of the Denver Sports Podcast. Breck Brew is the official beer DNVR. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator on their website. Just type in your zip code. Shows you exactly where to get Breckenridge Brewery no matter where you are. Also, if you're local, stop into the DNVR bar. We got tons of Breck Brew on tap. Avalanche Amber. Juice Drop, IPA, Broncos Country, Pale Ale, all your favorites, we've got them here at the DNVR Bar. Alright, back here on the Denver Sports Podcast wrapping up today's show. I just want to react to a couple things Jeff said. One of them was his point about the Nuggets not recognizing those Mellow years anymore. And I saw you guys in the chat kind of disagreeing with what he had to say. And... I kind of disagree with it well as well. And maybe it's just because we're coming off this championship and we now have a guy wearing number 15. It's actually not even about the number 15 in this case, but we have the best player in franchise history. We have the guy who's going to be looked at synonymously with the Denver Nuggets forever. And, and, he has achieved so much more than Carmel Anthony ever did with the Nuggets. Like it took Nikola Jokic, you know, two appearances in the playoffs to get as far as Carmel Anthony ever did in the playoffs with the Nuggets, which was the Western conference finals. Mel took a while to get there. Nikola Jokic did that in 2020 in his second ever time in the postseason. So I, I think part of it's that like, I don't feel like right now we necessarily need to look back and acknowledge 2009 Western Conference Finals run. It was a good run. Um it's just it just doesn't seem that integral to me to look back on it right now just because we are in the golden era of Nuggets basketball. That being said, I definitely think there will be a time and the place in the future to look back on it and recognize it. And I, I think that's what Jeff was getting at as well. Um, also, the impression I got from Jeff, now I don't think the Nuggets are going to retire Carmel Anthony's jersey, specifically because he noted how they gave it to Anthony Randolph. I think that is actually when the Nuggets made up their mind, if they were ever going to do it at that moment. Guys, thanks for tuning in to the Denver Sports Podcast today. I'll have another guest next week. Uh, Stick around. We got Nuggets game tonight. Nuggets at the Pelicans in-season tournament. That game is at 6. We'll have the pregame show at 5.30. We'll have the postgame show as well later on tonight on the DNVR YouTube channel. Me and the fellas. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Talk to you next week. (laughs)